Thank you for joining us. And I think we can let the little kids, if there are any, head out to be with Pastor Kent. If you want to go, you're welcome to go. And uh, that was little kids, not the maturity matters. I know. We're going to send the maturity matters out to be with Pastor Kent one night. He would just love that. You know, I was always taught in my church administration courses, and we were taught this, Dr. Fremont, you may not know who he is, but he used to teach us. He said, guys that are going into youth ministry, always remember that older people become just like teenagers after 60. And he said, you just got to kind of love them the same way you love kids. And uh, a lot of energy. A lot of smiles and he said they just kind of turn back into kids when they get over 60 so hey you are the new youth group <laughs> anyways we're glad to have the parents and the Petersons with us here tonight let's have a word of prayer we're gonna try to we've got uh, we've got the Talberts on a zoom link uh, we were having a little bit of trouble with our um, our, our audio connect videos great um, for those of you who are guests, the, the Talberts have been um, missionaries of ours for decades. And we've taken a couple missions trips there um, back when um, I was youth pastor here. I don't know if Pastor Steve or Mike were on any one of those. You were second one probably. And um, anyways, they're sweet friends of ours. Uh, their history goes clear back to Charleston, South Carolina, where um, my dad's best ministry friend um, was, and my dad met the Talberts through his ministry friend in Charleston, South Carolina. Bud's family's got a tremendous salvation testimony. Mrs. Talbert's from here in Mentor. Uh, her folks were members at, uh, I believe, Bible Community Church across town for quite some time. But anyways, they're going to join us here, and we'll pray in this prayer that the audio works. All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to hear how you're building your church uh, abroad. And we're so excited uh, to have these sweet uh, friends as guests this evening. And uh, um, we pray uh, for your wisdom uh, for them as they um, update and uh, also introduce to us a gospel ministry that they have been involved with and are looking forward to participate in and thank you for their willingness to carve out their time in their busy lives and schedules to be with us here uh, tonight. Uh, we look forward to um, how your grace will grow us uh, in this hour together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. little stuffy tonight? little humid? You know why we did that? Because Wednesday at the picnic, it's going to be really hot. So we're just kind of getting you, we're just kind of getting you warmed up. Anyways, it's going to be cool in the breeze and the shade. We'll be good. All right, what do you think, Quan? We think we can at least uh, give this a shot here, brother. Can someone interpret what Quan said?
connection, but they're hearing you through my phone right now. Okay. I've got the microphone up to the base of my phone, and we're going to let you folks give us an update because we can see you well and we can hear you loud and clear now. So thank you for joining us. Give us a little update, and uh, many of us have been following uh, the Facebook posts and so forth, but we just wanted to see you and have a chance to hear from you and pray with you tonight, okay? So you, you go ahead, and we're just going to listen here for a couple minutes.
so very much. It's so great to hear from you folks. It's wonderful to see you. We uh, separated too long, too far, but we love you. And there's a special place, special place in our hearts for you folks for a long, long time. We love you.
100,000 people with no fundamental church. There are a few evangelical churches that are not good, and a couple of Catholic churches, and that's it. And I hope you'll pray for the people of King Soyabai, that God will open up doors for us in that area. We, we've got a lot of students already. We plan to, when we go back, open a tuition center where John and I will do some teaching, and we're going to hire a young person to help students with their homework. And by doing that, we get to meet a lot of people. We've already met a lot of people just in our village, but we want to meet the people in the high rises across the river. So you're going to see that after all, after the, the work in Central.
activities. We also, this one is the summer day program we met in like a, I guess it's called, it's a dance hall uh, where they teach dance, ballet, and um, it worked out incredibly well. And God gave us a lot of opportunities to really get to know those kids and their families and teach them the Bible as John is doing here. We let him do most of that during that time period. Um, then we started the church in Teen Sully in our church, in our house, because COVID was, of COVID, we were not allowed to meet out in public places. Um, just a picture of the protest back in 2018. As I said, I'm not going to talk about that much. You can ask me about that later. Um, we John Andrew is our artist. He teaches the art classes. And um, so just I hope you'll pray that God will, will bless these works. Um, we have now about five or six Chinese locals that are uh, fairly, let's put it, every, say every week they're listening to me preach on, on, online. And I feel like they're, they're people that will be in the church when we go back. And um, just pray that God will give us a lot of contacts and a lot of new people to reach. I think that this is about the end of the slideshow. Okay? Thank you. Is anyone hungrier? Yes, it did. So we're going to try that, and we'll see if, if we can get that working. Because we've got a video, too, but I've got all the sound and everything. I'm not as good at narrating it as... Uh, okay, so I guess we'll see. It's, it's plugged in, and you guys are getting that, so... sending out from what I can tell. So just a little bit about us. Um, my wife and I are both missionary kids. I grew up in Poland and we'll have a little bit of that in the video but Claire actually grew up in Hong Kong and as a kid, she had met and knew the, the parrot. So we were very surprised when we came in and we saw, well, I saw Pray for Hong Kong. And I was like, wait, what? Who's that? <laughs> so it was, it was quite the surprise and the joy to, 
see them again. Um, but yeah, with all the food, when I was getting to know Claire and interested in her, and we was like, food was really a big deal, and I didn't get that. But in Hong Kong, food and fellowship, even more than the Baptist circle, it's a big deal. You got to do it together. So um, I, I can't speak authoritatively on that, having not been there. But yes, that's kind of where it comes from. And people love to take their pictures of with their food and of their food there in Hong Kong. That's at least my experience with uh, with Claire, but yeah, we're, we're very excited to be here, um, and it's a real joy, and we will, when we get the video figured out, we'll play the video, and then I'll give a little bit of more of the history that kind of plays into Poland, because Poland is very strongly Roman Catholic, and you kind of wonder what happened to make it so Catholic when a lot of the rest of Europe has kind of gone more secular, and what is Poland? And there's not just one thing, but it's kind of the combination of their history. So we'll get that. But hey guys, I'm just gonna go ahead and switch to my laptop speakers. I'm just gonna go ahead and switch to my laptop speakers and put the microphone here and see if that works. That point that I knew God was calling me to return to Poland as a missionary. I came to the US and attended Bob Jones University, which is where I met Claire, where we served together every week at a children's Bible club, and it was their countries. What do you think? When you think you of the phrase unreached countries, what do you think? Do you think of countries like Saudi Arabia, Iran, North Korea, Cambodia? Those are all countries with great spiritual needs, but there's actually one that has fewer evangelical Christians than any of those, but probably most people would not think of it as being unreached. And that's Poland with 0.2% evangelical Christians. Poland is a country with a long, rich history that is closely tied with the Catholic Church. In 966, Poland was established as a country when its king was baptized into the Catholic Church. And today, Poland is considered the most practicing Catholic country in the world. Around 93% of Polish people claim to be Catholic and around 50% attend Mass at least once a week. For many people in Poland, to be Polish is to be Catholic, and anything outside of Catholicism is considered a cult. And we feel that God has called us as missionaries. Hello, we are Tim and Claire Peterson, and we are both missionary kids. Claire grew up in Hong Kong, where her parents, David and Marcia Darlin, are still serving today. And I grew up in Poland, where I saw firsthand the great needs and great spiritual darkness of the Polish people. However, seeing those needs did not make me want to go back to Poland. In fact, just the opposite. I did not want to spend my life preaching and working year after year with no guarantee of results. Instead, I wanted to come back to the States, major in engineering, and pursue a career in that field. But God had a different plan for me. During my senior year of high school, he gave me a burden I could not ignore. He made me think, how could I go back and live my life in the States, having seen these great needs firsthand, and tell others about the great spiritual darkness and the need for the gospel in Poland, and yet not be willing to come back myself? And it was at that point that I knew God was calling me to return to Poland as a missionary. 
I came to the U.S. and attended Bob Jones University, which is where I met Claire, where we served together every week at a children's Bible club, and it was there that I saw her heart for the ministry. We were married in 2014, and in 2017, I graduated with my MDiv from BJU. In 2018, we spent 10 months in Poland serving as short-term missionaries with Gospel Fellowship Association, and while we were there, we had three main goals. First, we wanted to dive into language study. I was conversationally fluent, but having been gone for 10 years, my Polish was very rusty. Plus, I had never had any formal grammar study. So I wanted to work on that and also improve my vocabulary and language skills in general. Second, we also wanted to help and encourage my parents and the people in their church, and then also serve as further replacements for my parents while they were in the States for a couple months which meant that I got to preach in Polish, which was a little bit rough at times, but a great experience overall. Then finally, we wanted to learn from other missionaries and Polish pastors there. Besides my parents' church, we were able to visit seven other churches and spend some time in each one getting to know the Polish pastor or missionary pastor who was there and asking them lots of questions. It was so encouraging to meet and fellowship with other believers in different parts throughout Poland. But it was also very sobering because we realized even more clearly how few gospel preaching churches there are throughout the country and how isolating it can be for them. This map shows all the different counties in Poland. All the red areas represent places with at least one gospel preaching assembly. Darker red means more of them. The white counties are all the counties without any gospel preaching church. 2,200 out of nearly 2,500 counties. That's almost 90%. 90% of the communities have no gospel preaching assembly. Do you remember before how we said that only 0.2% of Poland claims to be evangelical? That would actually include evangelical or Protestant of any kind, which would include groups like Lutherans, Seventh-day Adventists, and Pentecostals, not all of which really teach the full gospel. Poland truly is an unreached country. They may know who Jesus is and have access to the Bible, but their hearts are still in darkness. So what are our plans? We are planning on returning to Poland as career missionaries with Gospel Fellowship Association, and our first priority is to get the language down. Polish is a very difficult language, and getting mastery of it is vital in order to reach and minister to the people there. Other missionaries have advised us to spend the majority of our first term studying Polish. That's either what they did or what they wish they had done. During our first term, we'll be working with my parents and their church, which will give us the ability to help out some, but also have time and enough freedom to devote ourselves to language study. We will also be looking for opportunities for future outreach. Claire has a degree in English education with an emphasis on teaching English as a second language, and we are hoping that she'll be able to use English teaching as a way to get into the community and get to know people. We will also be praying about what the Lord would have us do after our first term, 
there are many possibilities. We might continue working with my parents at their church. We might work alongside a Polish pastor. Or if the Lord provides teammates, we might plant a church of our own. So how can you pray? Pray that we would be able to raise support quickly. Pray that God would raise up more laborers to go to Poland and raise up laborers from within Poland. Pray that God would strengthen the current believers there in Poland and provide Christian resources. And finally, pray that God would open the hearts and minds of the Polish people to the gospel. The task is daunting. From a human perspective, it seems impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Does the pulpit mic work? So I don't have to hold that. But yeah, so as you can see, um, just part of the great need is just the fact that it's very, very strongly Roman Catholic and they don't have, they have access to the gospel and that they believe that Jesus came and he died, but they're not trusting in him alone for their salvation. And in Paul and his epistles, if you try to, especially the uh, epistle to the Galatians, if you or an angel from heaven teaches any other gospel from that which I have taught, let him be accursed. And what they're teaching is another gospel. It's something different than Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. And so why, what, what led up to that? Why is Poland now so strongly Roman Catholic? And there's not just one thing, as I mentioned, but it's, I think, primarily several different things. First off, Catholicism in Poland started all the way back over a thousand years ago in 966, which is a long time to be Catholic. And they never changed from that. So when you had the Reformation, Protestant Reformation, sweep through Western Europe, it never really had an impact in Poland and Eastern Europe. And so it never changed, never deviated from its Catholicism. And then for just all throughout their history, the Polish people have had to fight for their own independence, for their own freedom, and a lot of wars have been fought on their soil. A lot of blood has been spilt on their land. And through those times, in many different instances, Poland, the people, looked to Catholicism as something that gave them hope and united them together, something that was a common bond. And then also during communism, Pope John Paul II was elected pope in 1979, and he was very influential in rallying the country again around Catholicism. And he was well-loved by Catholics across the globe, but especially by Poles because he was Polish. And that really helped pull the country together. And he was very influential in bringing down the fall of the Soviet Union. He was, he was very politically active before he joined the church and eventually became Pope. And so that was very near and dear to his heart. So um, he was very influential in that. So the Polish people see him not just as a religious savior in a sense, but also a political and economical savior. So he's, he's well-revered and helped rally the country around 
that again. So you have all of that tied in, and it's just interwoven in family traditions, in um, national traditions and holidays, and it's just pretty much inseparable. And for many people, they would say to be Polish is to be Catholic. And you just can't get away from that as, as being the standard, and anything else is very different. And so because of that, because it's had such a long history and it's been connected so long, all these traditions and activities are tied around the Catholic Church. And you have things um, that would seem odd here or just different are completely normal there. They have a religious religion class in public schools where the nun comes in and teaches the kids the catechisms and prepares them for First Communion. Some of the days in school are basically dress rehearsals for the kids all going to First Communion. And this is every public school. So every public school by default is a Catholic school. And you're very far, few and far between are you going to find anything other than just a regular public school. And um, that would have that. So it's just, that's just the default. And you have um, the mass is served at family events such as funerals and weddings. And so it can be difficult for family members who have trusted in Jesus Christ to know how to relate to their families because they want to love them and show respect. But how do you show your family respect and that you love them when you want to go to your grandfather's funeral, but when the whole family is sitting up in the front row and they all stand to come take the Eucharist from the priest and you can't do that because you don't believe in that and you don't want to make a scene, but you're basically forced to and it's, it's hard to navigate. So the Polish Christians really need a lot of prayer in knowing how to interact with their families in that and knowing how to... Um, how to follow Jesus first of all, but to, but to still love and show respect to their families, to try, to try to share Christ with them. And so understanding that cultural context um, is very important for any time you're going to share the gospel in any context. And so what are we planning on doing? What are our hopes for when we get there? And we see that there's, it's going to be difficult, and we're not trying to just say, well, it's going to be hard, so let's, but let's do it. But we're looking for ways where we can, we can reach out and to share the gospel with people in a way that will, they'll be more receptive, potentially. Because if you go in and the first thing you do is start listing off all the issues with the Catholic Church and say, okay, you shouldn't pray to Mary anymore, don't revere John Paul II because he was just a man, and you know, do all this checklist, you're going to be building up walls really quick. But if you go in and you're trying to find any bridges that you can build and saying, hey, you believe the Bible, let's get together and let's talk about the Bible. Let's do a Bible study. And then building relationships with people so that they can trust you so that you can even get to the point where you can share the gospel. Because for a lot of people, there's just this um, attitude of, and it sounds bad, suspicion. And that's kind of a harsh term. But the attitude that anything different is you have to be wary of it. And so for my parents growing up, they faced that a lot. And a lot of people think of that with anything religious because anything outside of Catholicism is considered a cult. 
and the default is just that that's a cult, so stay away from it. And just as an example, my youngest sister had a best friend in school, and her mom, and we had gotten to know, Yulia was her name, and we had gotten to know her and her mom a little bit, and she was coming over to our house just to play with my youngest sister, but her mom's friends and neighbors came to her and said, don't let your daughter hang out with those Americans because they're going to kidnap her and brainwash her and take her back to the U.S. But her mom knew us, and so she was like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. But it's because we had a relationship with her that we had that trust and credibility that we could do that. And now that girl, Yulia, is a true believer. She's been born again, and she's back in Poland now. So it's just... Um, it can take a long time. It was years and years and years before she trusted in Jesus Christ. But um, God can do great things and mighty things, and we're, we're looking for that. So all that to say, we're going to be going out trying to build relationships, and we know it's going to be a slow process, but getting to know people, sharing the Bible, sharing Christ with people in that way, and then also having an online presence where people can find resources, where people can listen to sermons, they can hear you and kind of check you out before committing to walk in your doors of your, of your church. They can say, okay, so here's this cult that I've been, been hearing about. Let me go check out what are they teaching. And maybe you have a recorded live stream or something, and they listen to it, and they say, actually, that makes a lot of sense. They're just teaching the Bible. And maybe they'll listen to another. And God can use his word to help open their minds. And so we're praying that we can use something like that having a good online presence and resources um, so that people can, can access the, the scriptures that way. And one of, the, one of the missionaries we talked to, he said, find the people who are searching. And that's what we're trying to do, is to try to find the people who are searching. Because we know that we can't save anybody ourselves. We can't go and mentally uh, convince somebody, this is, this is the truth, so therefore you have to believe. It has to be God who changes people's hearts, and God has to be working in them. So find the people that God is working in their hearts, and be, be basically easy to find for those people, so they can find the truth, and they can come to that. So we would definitely appreciate much, much prayer. There will be many challenges, but we are hopeful, and we know that this is what God has called us to do, and if he's called us to do it, then he will equip, and we will go out in faith and obedience and whatever he has called um, us to do, we'll do it and then leave the results up to him. It's our job to be faithful in following him and it's, it's his job to bring in whatever, um, whatever fruit he has, he has elected. So thank you so much um, and I'll hand it back over to Pastor Potter. All right, we could pass the microphone around for a few uh, closing questions. I have one for Claire, and this might not be uh, a very objective question, but because you you probably absorbed the language as a China, you know, as a as a missionary kid, but which one would be more difficult to learn, Polish or the one you grew up with? Objectively, Cantonese is harder than Polish. Okay. Because you, cause you grew up with the Cantonese, and learning as an adult is much harder. Yeah. Very good. We've got a traveling microphone here. We've got another one up here. Uh, Pastor Steve, 
uh, can travel for us, or Simon can travel for us. Any other questions uh, for, for our missionary friends? Let's grab one here for Roger and one for Tim, Claire, wives, kids. You're all on display. We don't live stream our services anymore, so I think that's why they're a little bit more free to answer questions. Uh, so, Pastor Steve, we'll start with Daryl Williams here. We, I think you were saying we can use the pulpit. Thank you very much. I meant to address the Ukrainian refugees, so I appreciate you bringing that out. Claire probably was looking at me and like, telling me what I'm missing. But um, yes, the refugees coming in um, is definitely going to affect things a lot. Um, they've had, as you mentioned, three and a half, three and a half million refugees have come in. Um, about a little over two million have stayed at this point, and there's a lot of relief that that needs to happen. My parents are very involved with all of that. Uh, they've been very busy buying supplies and blankets and um, you know clothes and food and all that to help the refugees in Poland and then also to send supplies over to Ukraine. So there's a lot of opportunities like that. Um, as far as are the people in Poland open to the refugees, um, they are um, just as a whole, they're very opening and welcoming them into their homes. Um, a lot of Polish people see this as what happened to them at the beginning of World War II, and no one came to their aid and when they were being invaded, and so they see this as a way that they, they remember what it was like, and they're trying to be friends to the Ukrainians in this sense. So a lot of people are welcoming them in their homes. As far as ministry and um, ministering to Ukrainians versus ministering to Polish people, um, it's a little harder for me to speak since we're not there and I haven't seen exactly how it plays out. Um, Ukrainian and Polish are different enough that you can't, if you know Polish, you can't speak to a Ukrainian in Polish and they would understand. And so that definitely creates a, a barrier where my parents can't, directly communicate with Ukrainians unless they have someone to translate or they know English or Polish. Um, so as far as how that exactly is going to work out is, is to be determined somewhat. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure what it's going to look like, but there are definitely opportunities and we would try to see what we can find. Um, but I, I have a hard time giving a, a definite answer what we're going to be able to do or not be able to do with all of that. So, sorry, I, I, if that mostly answers your question, did you have a follow-up or, okay. So, I think that was what I was supposed to say. I was also supposed to say we're at 40% support and um, 
at this point, and so we're raising funds, hoping to go be there maybe by early 2024. So we'll see how Lord brings in the funds, but I meant to say that as well. So, um, I had a question about uh, Hong Kong. Is I know uh, the government is hostile to the gospel, but the people generally usually are open or indifferent. How is the government of Hong Kong? Are they uh, also hostile, or are they a little more open? And how are the people as uh, open to the gospel, or are they just more indifferent or more materialistic and not really? I think I can answer that question, <laughs> although that is a political question. The government in Hong Kong is actually very open to missionaries still. Um, most missionaries come as a missionary under a missionary visa, and they are glad to have them. It's not a problem at this point. Um, the people are uh, very materialistic, uh, very, they're, they're very, in their mind to be Chinese means to be an ancestor worshiper. And so they're not really very interested in Christianity. You have to develop a long-term relationship in order to be able to reach people generally. There are a few exceptions to that, but generally it is a long-term relationship, which is why we're trying to do all these building relationship things through business, business meetings, through teaching English and so on. Um, the people, things are changing. A lot of people have left Hong Kong recently because of the way things are changing. Um, and that's kind of difficult We've seen that once before. We actually, the first church we started, we had um, 36 out of 40 people leave to go to Australia in 1997. Um, and we had to start over. I hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Yes, the young people of Hong Kong are more open. Um, they like Westerners growing up there. Claire and my kids would agree about that. Um, they are very open to talking and getting to know you and becoming your friend if, you, if you're willing. Um, and if you can speak Cantonese, that helps a lot, of course. Um, but that doesn't mean they're easily one to Christ because there's still a large amount of pressure from the family against that especially whenever there's a wedding or a funeral or something like that and they're expected to worship um, I the worship the ancestors uh, twice a year or at a funeral there's a lot of pressure and um, we actually we had one lady who was very faithful that um years back decided that she was going to when her father died she participated in the worship and it wasn't long when she was out of our church and she was no longer interested um, things changed in her heart because of that definitely what about in the Polish context 
younger generation. I mean, especially in light of, I don't know, too, maybe a, a nuance that would be kind of what the Catholic Church has to wrestle with here, how much of that is influencing Catholicism over there, et cetera. Yeah, it's um, based on surveys. So I like follow a public, Polish public opinion survey and this other survey to, that, that go out and ask people. And it does seem like there is a slight decline in church attendance, and we're talking from like 55% to like 48% in the last uh, 15, 17 years since John Paul II passed away. Um, so it's not a lot, but there does seem to be more of that. And then now with people, uh, younger generation and social media and the internet, there's a lot more exposure to other things. And I do think that does seem like there's more openness, not necessarily to Christianity, but there's, there's more openness to something else other than Catholicism. And we are concerned that that's probably, for most people, going to be atheism. That they're just going to say, no, we're looking at this and we see a lot of contradictions and errors in the Catholic Church, so we're going to throw all of that out. And we'll keep some of the traditions and all that, but we're not actually going to believe in God. So, we are very hopeful that God can use this time to help people search for something else, recognize the error, but hopeful that God can bring them to the truth so they can see the truth. So, yes, to answer your question, we do think there is an opportunity with the younger people, and we'll see how that plays out. But they are more exposed to other things with the Internet, and it does seem likely that they could be possibly more receptive and more open. I do want to mention one more thing that I forgot to say uh, was the fact that in relation to the refugees, Claire and I are having the op God gave us the opportunity in beginning of July, first two weeks of July, to go to Poland for two weeks. And we're going to be able to encourage and help out my parents and probably take a trailer load of supplies right across the Ukrainian border and drop it off with some believers that my dad has contact with, and then they can disperse it amongst people there. They've done already about, they've done nine trailer loads like that, and so we'd help with another one. So um, you could pray for that, that we would have um, a good and profitable time, help encourage my parents and all of that. But that's going to be um, last couple days of June and first two weeks of July. We appreciate prayer on that. So. Okay. This next Sunday morning, I don't know if you remember Irina Waller being here, and we prayed for her sister and her nephew. Um, God's answered your prayers. They're now stateside. These were Ukrainian refugees into Poland, and um, Irina was already here, and uh, we were able to help get her sister and her nephew here. They're going to be actually in our service next Sunday, God willing, where we, we, can all, we can all meet them. We also have a pastor friend in Kiev that we've been sending aid to, um, but we're interested also in helping you folks in any way too. So on our way to supporting you, anything we can do to, for those special interest kind of help, keep the window rolled down and let us know, okay? Pastor Parrott, when we first met you, you were having pastors come in from all over China for a pastor's conference. Has that been able to reboot since COVID? No. Okay. No, Do you see that happening in the future again, possibly? It's possible, but right now it's, it's, it's 
Okay. Well, we'll pray. That was, that was quite a ministry you had there as well. I just appreciate your whole families together, the way you folks reach out into the community. And uh, same, same messaging from you folks. Um, and anyone, anyone of you that have taken our disciple-making seminar, so if disciple-making is biblical, it should be doable in any size church in any culture. And how do you get the gospel out? It should be the same way here as it is for you folks. You've got to get in the community and build redemptive relationships. People just need, you need friends and they need friends. And, and they need to see Christ and his joy living in you and see the difference. And you all do that so well. So praise God for that. And we look forward to partnering with you. For those of you that need to be reminded at Grace, anytime we have a, uh, a missionary family visit us for the first time, uh, we tell them that when they come, they can assume that we will be taking them on for support. Our missions committee does multiple layers of, um, I don't know, I can't use the word vetting with, <laughs> with missionaries, but we do uh, a lot of background checking. That's not much better, is it? But anyways, we look forward, we look forward to partnering with you guys. And I, I've told you that. And, um, but in the meantime, until we get there, any way that we can help, please let us know. And uh, we've been able to, uh, I know we were able to financially fund the One Pastors Conference, and we sent some funds to you to have them come over before COVID. And the same goes to you folks. Any evangelistic opportunities you have that we can help with, you let us know. Any special projects. All right, let's stand for a word of prayer. Our, uh, ask our missionary friends to head to their tables in the lobby if they can in, um, receive any more questions there. And... Um, Thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for this blessed time of fellowship together and uh, learning of how you're building your church abroad. And give us wisdom, Lord, how we can most efficiently and wisely partner uh, with these ministries going forward. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.